Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. It's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. Time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted. Welcome to another edition of Pound Time Podcast. I am Brother L. Diazobra, formerly named Lyman White. Thank you for joining us today. Today we have a special, special guest. A brother by the name Dr. Ibrahim Sek, author, professor, historian, student of Sheikh Anta Diop. That's the way we say it, Diop, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the writer of a book called, I can't pronounce it, Boki Fiat Gumbo. Boki Fiat Gumbo. Oh, that's French. I can't say it. I'm getting it. <laughs> I'm getting it. In America, we got a term that says straight out of Compton, straight out of Africa. So we, we, have, we have a real brother here. And we honored to have you, and we, and just, and especially, we feel very special to have you. Welcome to Count Time, Doc. Uh, thank you so much, uh, my brother, LD. I feel uh, so proud to be your guest today, and I don't have often the opportunity to talk because so many people don't want me to talk. You know, <laughs> they want, they don't want to hear my message. Go of away. course, I'm not talking about uh, our African and African American brothers. Somewhere, somehow out there, there are some people who don't like to hear about the truth. But you know what? Truth, like we say in Senegal, is like fire. You may choose to sit on it, but not forever. Not forever, yeah. Ah, so we go... We truth go, is like fire. So we go expose something here mm-hmm. today. That's what, it count, that's what count time is all about. We're here to yeah. awaken those who are civilly dead by awakening the mind. So that's what you're about to do here today? You're going to awaken the mind? Absolutely. Well, you know, I learned something a long time ago, Doc, is that most people are asleep. And the issue with being asleep, you don't know you're asleep until you awake, have been awakened. Mm-hmm. But sometimes someone can t- wake you up and tell you, well, get up, you're sleeping. They'll get up and start arguing. I wasn't sleeping. I, would, <laughs> I was not sleeping. You don't even know you sleep. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of people are right now. We all sleep. Mm-hmm. Just what you're saying, everybody want to get their ear tickled. There is a lot of destruction in the world now. So we want to learn about you, your history, mm-hmm. and your, you was a, uh, your mentor was the great Dr. Sheikh Anta Diop. I mm-hmm. read his book, I think, The African Origin of... Civilization. civilization, African origin of civilization. Yeah, the myth and reality. Yeah. I remember reading that book many that's just, years ago. That's one of them. That's one of the ones. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about all these different things and talk about you. So let's start about, talk about Dr. Ibrahim Silk. Mm-hmm. Now you grew up in a, in a city mm-hmm. in Senegal. Yeah, a little town called Matam. Spell that for me. M-A-T-A-M. Matam. Matam was a little town and then it became a big port city. It is right there on the Senegal River, like halfway from Mali and the end of the Senegal River, the mouth of the Senegal River, where Saint Louis, Senegal. Mali, you close to Mali? Oh yeah, we close Mali. We are part of Mali, you know. We are just one of the maritime provinces of Mali, of the Empire of Mali. The Empire. Now you're talking about the Great Empire. The Great Empire of Mali, you know. What? now, Now give us a little history about the Empire of Mali. The Mali started, uh, uh, they call it Mali or Mande. The original Mali started in a place called Mande, 
and they call them Monday people. Uh, you know, Monday, that, that's the name of the town. This, this of of, a, of a, an area and also of a group of people. Oh, the Monday people. The Monday people, it include the, the Mandingo themselves. Oh, the Mandingo. Yeah. So. yeah, Mandingo people, Bamana people, Soninke, Senufu, uh, Bozo, Somono. I'm talking about the fishermen now, Bozo, Somono, and sailors too. So we have the Sonike people who are mostly traders, just like the, the Mandingo. There's a section uh, in the Mandingo among the Mandingo people called Jula. They are traders. And these people had the control of uh, like trade ne networks linking the Sahara Desert to the forest, rainforest area. And even they were able to have the control of trade roads across the Sahara Desert all the way to North Africa. When we think of the Trans-Saharan trade, we think of Arab people or Berbers, but what? that trade was mostly, was also in the hands of black people, uh, especially those people from Mali. And earlier, uh, under the control of the Ghana Empire. The Ghana Empire? Yeah, Ghana Empire was called Ghana, the names came from the Arab people, Arab geographers who named it Ghana. But the name of the people, what was that name again? The, the name of the people, are, they are Soninke. Soninke, okay. And they called the empire of Ghana Wagadu. And they had a, 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 a sacred python protecting the, the empire called Wagadu Bida. So Ghana is a foreign name. Just like Senegal, it is a foreign name from the Arab people. Right. So, uh -huh. so these, these are not, what was the original name of Senegal? Uh, it's, uh, that's the land of the Wolof. The Wolof people. Yeah, the Wolof people, the Jolof. Jolof is the land of the Jolof, Wolof, Jolof, okay. and Jolof has a section right on the uh, delta of the Senegal River, between the lowest part of the river, when it goes to its mouth on the, in the Atlantic Ocean, they call it Wallow, okay? So Wallow was part of Jolof, and Jolof also became an empire, not as big as Mali. So the Arab people, not the Portuguese, Portuguese are the ones who invaded it. Uh, the, the Portuguese came much later, much like later. centuries after the Arab people, <clears throat> the Portuguese came in and they used the same name as the Arab people to name our country. They called Senegal. And Senegal became also, with the, 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 when the French conquered it, started in 1855, it kept growing as a country called Senegal. But the original Senegal is just the land of the Wolof. And by the way, the people who were deported and enslaved in Louisiana, who came from the world of country, they were called uh, Negro de Nation Senegal. I'm sorry to use that N word, I'm just using the term of the time. Negro of the Senegal nation. Negro of the Senegal nation. Wow, when you see Senegal in Louisiana, there is no doubt that's uh, Wolof. And until today, you have in Southwest Louisiana people with the last name family, the, uh, the family name Senegal. Okay? So once, once you move upriver, from uh, the original Senegal, Walu, you go into my country, Futa. And Futa is the land of the Fulbe. Fulbe people. The Fulbe people are cattle raisers by definition. Or what? Cattle. Uh, like cows. Cow oh, cattle. Cattle. Okay. cattle. Okay. Sorry, you know, for okay. the accent. No, that's okay. We're going to Cattle raisers, you know, when you think of the original cowboys in this country. Think of the Fulani people. Fulani is the name used by the Arab people for us. But you have the roots of the word over there, Fula. Fulani is Arabic, we call ourselves Fulbi. 
And among the people who were enslaved in Louisiana too, originally, many of them were uh, called the uh, Neg de Nation Poulard. Poulard is the language we speak. Poulard? Poulard, yeah. But it's P-O-U-L-L-A-R-D. And uh, until today, we have many people in Southwest Louisiana whose last name is Poulard. Yes, even Mark Stout, he got a lot of people named Poulard. Uh -huh. Yeah. Poulard. When you see a black person carrying, the, carrying that name, P-O-U-L-L-A-R-D, there's no doubt about it. So, my country is Futa, the land of the full bay, and we, are, we raise cattle, but also we, we, like we grow crops along, along the river. Yeah. Black eyed peas. But mm -hmm. so, also, <clears throat> I, I visit Senegal a couple of times. And they speak many different... How many languages can you speak? I can speak fluently two of our native languages, Wolof and uh, Fulani. And you speak uh, English, so you speak three languages, basically. And French. In French. And so you speak four different languages. So Yeah, I, I can find my way in Spanish and Arabic, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Not so, fluent, but... Uh, <laughs> So you can speak six different I cannot, languages. I cannot start in an Arab country or in a Spanish. Uh, but hold on, hold on. Yeah. You can speak six different languages. Most people no, in Africa. I, I speak four fluently. Fluently, but you can speak and half uh, Arabic, half. Arabic. You know, okay, so that's that's, that's yeah. six right here. So <laughs> mm -hmm. and when I visit Africa, I've always been astonished how many different languages everybody speaks. You know, they their native language. Mm -hmm. they, you know how how they do that. And matter of fact, there's a joke that I mm. learned years ago. Say, what you call an individual that speaks one language? In mm -hmm. America, because only Americans speak America, one language. Because yeah. we don't always speak one different language. But language. you know, all people can can speak many languages. It depends on the openness of the people of the country, and especially the people who rule the country. That's uh, a result of imperialism. When uh, Uncle Sam bought uh, Louisiana in 1803. I'm talking about uh, that cracker called Thomas Jefferson. Uh, he, they literally destroyed uh, like uh, the, the diversity in Louisiana in terms of uh, linguistic, in terms of languages. Yeah, because the French rule. Yeah, they, they destroyed French. Spanish was around too, maybe not too much like a French, but so Creole. The French Creole, Creole you know, Creole, okay. and most of the memory, historical memory, and the culture were—I mean, it, uh, the vehicle and uh, was like Creole, but they destroyed it. Now they are trying to rebuild Creole in Louisiana, but you know, it's easier to destroy. So, so hold on, not hold. easy to rebuild. Yeah. So now, <clears throat> what what people in Louisiana? We are, we are, we use the word Creole, we're talking about a, a complexion of a person. Mm -hmm. the, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So mm -hmm. just, just, just so-called a color. Mm -hmm. So Creole is not just, a, just somebody who light skin or... No, a Creole fundamentally is a culture. It's, it's a language culture. and people who speak it. No matter the shade of the color, but it was, it was a language built by black people. So where, where in, is built in America? The, 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 the they have a very different Creole in all over the Western Hemisphere, and uh, but we have also Creole in Haiti, which is a bit different from Louisiana Creole. Creole uh, Louisiana had also its own Creole. It is mostly like African words and uh, French 
and also later English words all mixed but the grammar uh, is is African the way you build sentences and this mm. Creole is a language but also but unfortunately it was used like uh, to indicate some kind of complexion into you know when people were divided by Jim Crow you have people anyone before Jim Crow, before Jim Crow during the slavery times you have people who wanted to distinguish themselves from the strictly black people enslaved and the white people in between they create some kind of uh, like uh, in between class called creole when we say creole i think the best definition is about a language and a, the culture around it like when you take the case of louisiana especially southwest louisiana the so called cajun country people were divided by slavery and then by jim crow but they eat the same food they play very similar music i think zaidiko and the yeah. cajun music there are so many similarities you know they they eat the same food they they, they eat jambalaya they eat gumbo they eat you know crawfish to fish so do, so those those foods are whatever is it indigenous to west africa too The, those foodways came mostly from West Africa. Yeah. Those foodways came from from West Africa because black people handled the kitchens. Okay, now Max's question here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> When I first started tra- traveling to Africa in the late 80s, early 90s, the term black negro was not a term that African was familiar with. when I was traveling there back then. I mean, that was a term that when I would say black people, the African people look, would look at me like, you know, that was not a term. They was, you know, like the Wolof people, the Falali people. Yeah, was, yeah. So, but, but now it's a term that, mm-hmm. that everybody in Africa are familiar with now because back then they were not. Oh, we became familiar of that because of colonization and imperialism. that's when we find out that we are black people because before you, that, we, we were just people you know but, but also you went by your tribal names you didn't have you didn't oh uh, we have our you know different groups uh, ethnic groups people who do speak very close languages and uh, every individual over there speaks at least two languages and uh, people even uh, over time with migrations you know you, you can move from one uh, ethnic group to to another we have bamana people who become wolof people We have Bamana people who become Fulani, Fulani who become Bamana, you know. So in a, in a marriage or in a... No, marriage? it's just moving into a new society. Like when you decide to, to, to leave uh, like uh, Mali for some reason and you try to you decide to move further west to Senegal, you go into uh, another ethnic group, you may totally change your name. and also start speaking the local the local the local language like many bamana people who move, who moved west to senegal if they were kulibali in mali they became fal in senegal if the last name was jara in mali they became jai in senegal and so on well that's the same thing mm-hmm. happened when the europeans moved from uh, england or then italy italy spain into this to america they they changed their last names and fit into the the system so it's very similar but except us mm-hmm. we was not allowed because i guess we stand out no matter where we go we going to stand out as a people 
Yeah. But it is more real uh, within within Africa. That's something uh, even better than here in America. I don't know if that melting pot ever worked for Africans. <laughs> But that's that's where we are in Africa, you know. So you can move to any society yeah. of mm. people and just, mm. be, but that, but that's the same thing we see here mm -hmm. because people came from uh, Ireland and moved into this country and changed their name and fit right in. People came from Germany, Russia, and fit right in. But we, as a people, we, we, we because of who we are, just the color of our skin, when we do that, it don't. It don't fit right. It don't jive right. We don't assimilate the same because we always gonna stand out. That could be a that could be a great no, thing. That's yeah. the result of racism. Mm -hmm. And you know, some other people too face some kind of racism, like the Irish people, the Jewish. But uh, later they were able to, you know. But, but to me, but to when you say when you say Jewish, mm -hmm. Jewish is a religion, and most Jews, Jewish, the Jewish people, like some say, the Catholic people. Or the Muslim people. Well, the Jewish is also uh, they belong what the, to, to what we call the Semitic people. The Semitic, 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 Semitic people. people. That's like we talking about, like the, like mm. the, the, in the Bible they talk about Abraham. Mm. When I hear Abraham, I think about your name. So did his name was his name the same as yours? Uh, it is the same name. Yeah, Abraham and Abraham. Yeah, when we say Ibrahim or Abraham, we all we all refer to. Abraham, you know, the so-called uh, initiator of monotheism. Yeah. But Abraham, uh, as we know, left his country in the Middle East and went to Egypt to, to get educated. Yeah. <laughs> so he went to Africa. And, and he became what they call the father of, the father the of monotheism nations. or the father of many, many nations, the father of religion. So, so what, what do uh, Abraham means? Hmm? What, what, do, what do Abraham means in your life? Uh, I was born a Muslim, and uh, when we say Ibrahim Khalilullah, that means the, the, the friend of God. A friend of God. Mm. Oh, that's what Abraham means in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the friend of God. Mm -hmm. He's God chosen one. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, so, but for Abraham, Abraham, we call him Abraham. So the, the name was, pro was probably exactly as yours, Abraham with an I, not an A. No, the, 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 the Arab people say Ibrahim. Oh, the, okay, the Arabic people. Like when okay. say Ibrahim wa Musa wa Isa, that means Abraham, Moses, and Jesus. People have different languages and they have different also way to name the people. Abraham, Ibrahim, Abra, Ibra. To give you other, you know, uh, variations in Senegal, it is uh, the same person. Same person. No. Okay. Yeah, that's the way it works. This is mm -hmm. a pretty interesting. But it's the same, the same name, the same person who are referred to. Yeah. Okay, we don't want to get into the the, mm -hmm. the Bible, but it, you know, I just when you think I thought thinking about your name, I'm thinking about. Yeah. So this Ibrahim, this Abraham, was born in Futa Toro, which is a a country on the Senegal River. It was also a kingdom, the kingdom of Futa. And it is believed to be the first kingdom ever in what became later Greater Senegal to become uh, Muslim. And one king in the 11th century decided that Islam should be the official religion. It just means that uh, there were many Muslims over there. Now, now what year was that? Uh, the year 1041. So when... when, when uh, in the Christ era, you know. 
when the Europeans came to Africa and I guess we're going to say stole the people <laughs> or kidnapped the people and brought them to this country, most of the people they brought here was Muslims. Those who were from Senegal, the vast majority were Muslims. You know, when I say Senegal, I say mostly a country somewhere between the Gambia and the Sahara Desert when you, when you move north. And people were exposed to the trans, I mean, to the trans-Saharan slave trade for many centuries. You know, in, uh, when they say Islam started in Saudi Arabia with Muhammad, and the year of reference is 622 CE. Then they started to conquer. They went east, east, uh, east all the way to India, west all the way to, to Spain, which became more Spain. But they started conquering uh, Africa. They, they, they completed the, the, the conquest of uh, uh, North Africa in the year 710. Before the Muslim, there was a trans-Saharan slave trade in the ancient times. They just renewed it, you know. I mean, uh, resume that trade between North Africa and Sub-Saharan Africa. And with the trade, with those relationships, you know, people go, go, going north and then south, you know, Islam came with that. And that's why many people who are farther north in the Savannah and the Sahel countries, closer to the desert, many of them were uh, converted to Islam. And the first to really be converted to Islam were the Jula the traders. The Jula, who were Monday people, brought, brought Islam even before Futa, my country, uh, became uh, officially Muslim. You know, the Soninke people, the Malinke people also were already converted to Islam. What, what, what was the religion before Islam, before Muslim, before the Muslims showed up? We call it the tra traditional religion or whatever. In fact, the words we have for religion just means spirituality. Spirituality. It is just spirituality. So religion, yeah. religious. When we say spirit, spirituality, you are spirit. So we are spirit. In Fulani, we call those spirits la la rage. Say it again. La rage. How, how you spell it? L a a r e e j y. La rage. Okay. Among the Yoruba, they call them Orisha. You were the Nigerians? Yeah. yeah. Okay. When you say go among the font of the Bight of Benin, they call, they call, uh, they call those spirits uh, voodoo. Voodoo? Yeah, that, that's why I gave, gave, uh, gave the name voodoo. So we know. So people is. who are voodoo, or Orisha, or Pangol, I'm getting back to Senegal now, Lareji. Whatever it is, the same principles, people believe in the existence of one supreme God. Among the Fulani, we call him Geno. Geno means the only one. But in between, we consider that God is so, he's perfectly good. But he's a champion of decentralization. He's like, he has like ministers, you know. And depending on you, the problem you want to solve, you talk to this voodoo or to, to, the, to this other voodoo. They have a different kind of... Uh, how would you call it, specificities, you know? Like if you want to ask for a lot of rain or something like that, there is one deity for that. When you have another problem, you know, you have different deities. So you have different deities, just like that. But we don't consider them as, as gods, you know? That's what they call Loa in, in Haiti, Loa. It is just like... Uh, like you say, Lord? 
Loa. L W A. Loa means I mean uh, spirit. Okay. It's just a spirit. This is all about spirituality. So spirituality is a whole different mindset in in a. That's something that is totally different from uh, what they call religion. There's nothing wrong with religion, but unfortunately, what they call religion became a tool for imperialism, to take other people's land, to take uh, to turn people into slaves to enslave them. You know, and we've been victim of that for 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 a long time. Africa is the cradle of religion. I'm talking about real religion. I'm, to, I'm not talking about uh, imperialism. Real religion, spirituality, all that started in Africa. Africa is not only the cradle of mankind. Africa is also the cradle of religion. The, Africa is the cradle of food production, including animal husbandry and agriculture. Africa is the cradle of civilization. Civilization started in Africa. And that's what Sheikh Antijob, my mentor, my professor, always fought for. It is quite simple. We all came from the same continent. But even uh, Leakey, Charles Leakey, one, yeah, of the, one, was, one of their great scholars. Yeah, he was one of the great scholars who went to, to dig into the ground and to unearth the truth. The problem is that... Uh, Lies have been conveyed so for so long under the shape of racism and imperialism and all of that. They wrote big books about the world history, falsification of history. If one day you wake up and you find out that uh, everything started in Africa, that's a problem. What do you tell your people? Can you go back there like in France or in England and say, oh, in, in fact, you know, these people who we describe as benighted people who needed to be enslaved and saved into Christianity and things like that. That's embarrassing. That's why they are still fighting. And then one day they people to know the truth. So the problem of this world is a problem of education. Or miseducation. Yeah. The, yeah, the problem is miseducation. In fact, uh, there's a good friend of mine who is not far from here. Mwali Mushuja, I call it domestication. Too much schooling and so little education. It's, most of it is about domestication of the spirit. Domestication. Domestication of the minds of the people. And you see, right now there's a debate about uh, how they call it critical race theory. Critical race theory. And people, they, they don't want their uh, children to know the truth. They don't want to be educated about race and racism, how it came to be, because this country and many other countries were built on racism. Because and well, still, it, it is still around. Because as you know, we got here your dear friend and uh, your scholarly friend mm -hmm. and uh, colleague, Dr. George Jackson, who because of her is why we're sitting here mm -hmm. having this uh, this this conversation right now. But we went through this domestication. Do domestication. And they taught us. They taught us about uh, you know. Matter of fact, it was so bad when we grew up as children. You know, we the, the movie Tarzan was on, mm. and we watched Tarzan swinging through the jungle. One white man show up and beat up all the poor right. Africans, we, right? We too. And 
we we got to the point that you know we sitting there watching watching the the Tarzan show. We pulling for the for Tarzan the animals. Like God, we we encouraging the animals to go help Tarzan before them before the Negroes get to Africans get to them. Mm. So they had, that messed us up as a young age. So you can imagine what we got to go through to get past this right now. We have Tarzan in Africa too. You had Tarzan in Africa for yeah, real? Yeah, in movies, <laughs> in uh, in books, you know. I thought that was just here. They gave y'all the same thing. Sometimes we would even steal money to buy, you know, those cartoons by, you know, books. So, so, so you was pulling for Tarzan too? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the same. He's <laughs> <is> everywhere. <laughs> you in Africa, you you in Africa pulling for Tarzan. Yeah, he found he, us. To Tarzan, help tell the Tarzan, y'all saved Tarzan from Africa. He was there too, you know. <laughs> and we, we spent no, money on him. No, he, we spent no, money on him. People good, they good. They look. They we, really, we need to stop this conversation right now. Uh, you know, we all need prayer, Lord. We in, need to be delivered. In, imperialism is so powerful, you know. They know about the tools. You know. No, God, hold on, hold on. We can't get that. We can't go any further. Lord, help me, Lord. Help me, help me. Shucks, shucks. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm here. And I got Dr. Jackson here, mm. Madam Chair of her department. I got the Madam Chair. We want deliverance too. Mm. We've been caught up, tied up, just, I mean, into this system where we, we don't even know how to shake loose. So we got Dr. Abraham Sek here to help deliver us. Mm. But you went through the exact same thing we went through. So, how, so you, you fighting through the same process that we are. To get back to where to truth and to un, unfold the tr unfold the truth, the knowledge of who you are, who we mm -hmm. are as a people. So how do we get there when we always taught the exact same thing, and the people who've been teaching it are still in control? They're still in control, and they do very very well. And uh, sometimes it is even worse in Africa. Maybe you've been complaining here for many years about the straightening comb. Straighten the comb. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Bleaching of the skin. Okay, bleach of the skin. It's a big problem in Africa. So a lot of Africans are straightening their hair. Yeah. And lightening their skin. Lightening the skin. To, to look like they're the slave master. Yeah. That's the best way to put it. So the African people... They, they found also tools to put that in the minds of the people. You know, you control your mind and... Here you have, you build black baby dolls. You have the same problem over there too. They yeah. did such a good job that y'all had white baby dolls too. Oh yeah. If you take over, <laughs> you know, children, you know, you offer you offer them a black and a white baby. Do they take the white baby doll? So, 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 so the same thing in Africa. If uh -huh. You give a you give an African child the choice mm -hmm. of two baby dolls, one dark complexion mm -hmm. and one light complexion. Mm -hmm. They, it's a great chance. Mm -hmm. Many great gonna chance. choose the one, the one that's the, the one that is white. The one that is. White. Mm. I remember years ago, my first visit to Senegal. They brought us to one of the local elementary schools, and they was teaching, and I was just, I was just too outdone. Like they were teaching about Alexander the Great, and I'm thinking that okay, I'm in Africa. Why are they teaching this about Alexander the Great? Yeah, and, and that, uh, you know what? Uh, it was all about Alexander the Great, about Caesar in uh, Rome. Yeah, Caesar. Yeah, Jules Caesar. Julius Caesar. You know, all those Napoleon. 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 
until uh, way into the 60s uh, and, uh, after the independence we were taught mostly about European history and uh, what we were taught about our own history was all about the barbarism of our kings and queens oh, oh, oh okay they was barbarian they were telling you the yeah. leaders was barbarians I'm among the people who were educated with books written by the enemy by the conqueror written by the enemies right? yeah it was not until 1965-66 that we have great scholars like uh, Amadou Mahtarmbo. He just made uh, 100 years old and he was at one time the director general of UNESCO. And he was able to fight with other people to get us new programs where we learn about our history and history books written by our own people. And so, they ended up writing what they call the general history of Africa. But is, they call it the general history of Africa. General. That, that means that's just... Yeah, but it was just a start. <laughs> they knew that the uh, they, 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 real freedom fighters who fought about uh, the education of Africans after 100 years of, of after 400 years of slavery, 100 years of uh, colonization, which, is, uh, which matches with your Jim Crow here, they said in the framework of UNESCO, but we need to do something about Africa and Africans. Not only Africans in Africa, but also the, those are books. They were also produced in Spanish, uh, French, uh, English, uh, Arabic for the education of the black people, the general history of Africa. And that's when they put together scholars from all over the place, including Shanti Job. Where? In Cairo. Cairo. 1973, Egypt. I think. So it was meant to be a conference to re-establish the true history of Africa. It may be a general history of Africa, but still it is a start. And you know what Shantajab told them? I'm not going to sit there, I'm not going to write anything or line until you call all my contenders, all those Europeans, whatever, uh, who's, uh, who don't agree with me, we have to sit down in a colloquium, in a, a, a big conference in Cairo, and have the record straight. They said, okay, before even writing the general history of Africa. So they went into that colloquium in Cairo, and the Sheikh Antejob, and his- Sheikh uh, Antejob. Yeah, Sheikh Antejob, and uh, his uh, number one partner, who's from, from, uh, from the Congo, Teofil Obenga, they beat them all. And finally, he accepted to write his part of the general history of Africa, which is about Africa being the origin of so uh, civilization. It, so it went into 1993? No, 1973. 1973. Yeah. <clears throat> that they finally, for the last couple of hundred years, y'all been getting European history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So y'all been, y'all was getting the exact same thing we was getting here. Absolutely. And it's not easy to stop, to change it, you know. It is so deeply rooted in you. It's like, uh, Cancer, you know, it's hard to remove. It's hard to to, to remove. It's a, it's almost like right now we know we're in the month of September. <clears throat> mm. So September is the month for the nine one one the disaster that happened in this country, and many was harmed, killed, uh, but many was affected mentally, spiritually, and everything mm -hmm. else. So it's one of the worst tragedies on the in on American soil mm -hmm. since the greatest tragedy on American soil was enslaved people. Absolutely. So, but now they won't give 
counseling and mental health services because of the people that was affected from the 911. What about the people that was affected with slavery? We never had any kind of services. And, and if you only counted from uh, Jamestown 1619, that's how many centuries? Four. From 1619 to now, that's four centuries, I it's think. Four, it's, 20, it's four years. Yeah. It's, four, it's 400 years. And people went through all kind of hardship and still going through. Still going through. Uh, not only going from what I call classical slavery, you know, the slavery on the plantation with the weeping, all of that, you know. 100 years of Jim Crow, in some ways worse than slavery. You know, you have to know the issues of slavery and have a, the direct knowledge of the issues of slavery, you know, diving into the archives and learning firsthand what was done to black people. So that is real. Nobody deserves, you know, that kind of uh, health care, mental health care, to remove that trauma that goes on from generation to generation. There are so many things that, that are going on that are rooted into slavery, you know. We even experienced something that many people outside of the United States don't understand. How these police officers just can kill black people in the street just like game. Like hunting, hunting animals. Yeah. Like animals. I say that the uh, American police inherited these uh, uh, things from, uh, from the, uh, the time of slavery. The militia men who rode, you know, the river road and the main roads and all of that to control these uh, black people on the plantations, they were prompt to kill. They were really prompt to kill. There's something even worse, all the barbarism involved, like... Uh, Remember that the largest slave revolt ever in the whole United States happened here in Louisiana on the German coast. When we say the German coast, they that's call, where... They call Louisiana the German coast? No, the German coast is a, a section of the river. Let's say this is uh, New Orleans, you go upriver toward Baton Rouge. So halfway from New Orleans to Baton Rouge, that's what they call the German coast. You have St. Charles Parish, St. John the Baptist Parish, and St. James. And from St. James, that's where, what they call the, uh, the, the Acadian coast started, the, the, the Cajun coast, okay? So the so-called German coast, which is mostly St. Charles, St. John, and a little bit St. James, that's where the largest slave revolt ever started in uh, January 8, 1811, when hundreds of people decided to move down river to New Orleans, capture the city, and start a free nation just like the people of, of Haiti did seven years earlier. But they had much determination, but not enough fire, firepower. Many were killed in the action. Many went missing. Now, what, now, what was that uh, revolution called? They call it the 1811 Slave Revolt, or the 1811 Revol German Coast Revolt. German Coast Revolt? Yeah. So uh, those who were captured were taken before tribunals of uh, slave owners. That's the time when they cut people's head off and put them on oh, posts. Oh yeah, that's when most of them, many of them, dozens of them were condemned to death and then transported back to the plantation where they belong. And before everybody, men, women and children, they were shot to death and then beheaded and their heads were posted on poles. And that, that was the, uh, in, the, in Louisiana history, that was the third time that uh, happened. In the late 18th century, there were also two other revolts where people were executed, beheaded, and they had posted on posted on pole. Well, you remember where, the, where those where those places are? Yeah, one of them was the the Pointe Coupe revolt in 1795. Pointe Coupe. Pointe Coupe, yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's just north of here. 
What's the name of that town again? Melbourne? Not Melbourne. Uh, New, New Rose. Rose. New Rose. Yeah, that, that's. Uh, <clears throat> so New Rose had it revoked. Mm hmm. 1795. Before that, in 1791, they had what they called the Mina Revolt. And Mina was a revolt before them. That's uh, like the, the first documented revolt, which did not really occur, but uh, they discovered a plot of Bamana people trying to kill all the French people and take over the colony. 1731. So slavery was a really barbaric institution. So I think you're right. Not only the violence that affected black people, but also think about all the stolen wages. And there's something about, you know, suffering in your flesh and suffering into your dignity. Every human being need to own something for his own dignity. But what, what, what was inherited after 400 years of slavery? Dire poverty. So some black people did good, but the vast majority, you know what's, what's happening to people. And if you add to it the continuing violence, mass incarceration, that's too much. So there's no But you know what? They, they, black people will always prevail. Will always prevail. Uh huh. What the Bible says. No particular. No, nobody can destroy us. Now look, I, I want to change course job. a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. A little bit. Okay. World War One and World War Two. People in this country do not know much about it because besides what we were, what we read about it, but we basically was taught that you know they was out there fighting for America. What was they? What was World War One and World War Two about? For your studies have shown you, because it took place where? It took place uh, in Europe, and like you African Americans who fought in those wars, just like Africans who were drafted by the French colonial powers. Okay, that's where I'm getting to. Yeah. So we Africans were, fought in World War One yeah, and World War Two. We, we fought it too, and uh, like in the case of Senegal or French West Africa, they were called. Tirailleurs Senegalais, the Senegalese gunmen. That's an army that was created by the French colonial power in 1857. And in fact, those Africans were turned against us, those soldiers, to conquer Africa, you know. They had white officers over there and white soldiers, but the majority was people drafted in Africa, and many of them were formerly enslaved. Enslaved in the in U.S.? No, Before in Africa. So y'all was enslaved in Africa too, back at the same time. Slavery also existed in, in Africa. In, in fact, the vast the majority of the people who were captured in warfare in that mess did not leave Africa. They were enslaved in the continent. Hold we have on. African diasporas in the heart of Africa too. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Mm. I guess we was just given one side of the story. Our side is that uh, Ghana, Gory Island, was places that the slave was taken and all came to the Americas, to the islands, Jamaica, uh, Haiti, and wherever. So you saying that when the when the colonizers showed up, mm. they didn't they they just didn't bring everybody here. They enslaved y'all in Africa too. Yes, let me explain to you. Slavery is a very old institution in, in, in Africa, and people, 
like you and me owned enslaved people, like in the Empire of Mali or whatever, they had enslaved people doing the job, product, uh, producing goods that were traded across the Sahara Desert and all of that. So, so the Africans, mm -hmm. okay, let's go back. So the mm -hmm. Africans at that time, during the time of wartime, mm -hmm. the, you know, the, 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 the spar goes to the winner. Mm -hmm. So if African over overtook the Benin people, mm -hmm. they would come and work. But you, you was not. There was you would work to get your rights back, and you could marry into the to the tribe or something like that down the road. You was not just taken, and you could not go back, go free again. That, that, how how was what kind of slavery was it? Explain it to me. Well, first of all, we have to understand that uh, Africa is a huge continent. You have different kingdoms, and uh, you know. Wait, you, wait, you tell, tell, tell people how big is Africa when it, compared to U.S. Slavery in Africa? No, the, the size of Africa, the continent of Africa, compared to the continent of the, of the U.S. is three 30, times. For thirty million square kilometers, and the USA is just nine point five uh, square kilometers, like uh, more than three times the size of the United States. So. People like in Europe, you have uh, wars between different uh, kingdoms or, or whatever. Yeah. And you, when you when you make prisoners of war, you put them to work for reparation. That that's uh, you enslave your enemies. That's what's going on for a long time. And uh, we had the sizable people who were enslaved, but it has nothing to do with chattel slavery like what you had over here. People totally dehumanized, you know. And uh, something. So you say chattel slavery in the U.S. or the islands was on a totally different level than. Yeah, because people were totally dehumanized. Dehumanized. Totally dehumanized, and uh, you lose your your identity, and you are just like an animal. You cannot own anything. Whatever you own is is for your master. It wasn't like that in uh, in Africa. Also slavery, slavery period. But we know in Africa, you know, you can own land, you can own your own wealth. We even know about enslaved people who owned slaves in, in an African setting. But uh, one thing is really uh, important to understand about African-American resenting Africans, selling them into slavery, their ancestors. You have to remember, remember it is a very big continent and the Europeans were really able to turn people against each other. They still do that. Yes, using uh, like the, 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 the trade. And one thing over there is really important, the firearms. You may not say, no, I'm not interested. I cannot uh, go into that business of, uh, you know, enslaving people and selling them to you. So when you do that, you don't get uh, one thing really important for your power, it's the firepower. And when you see your neighbor growing in power, firepower, you may do something about it to at least save your throne and protect your, your kingdom. So they were able to play these African leaders, elite, they put them in the middle of the business and also using all the commodities in diplomacy, like uh, hard liquor, you know, spirits. And uh, finally, not being involved in the trade, that means the death penalty for you. We know of some leaders who said no for many years. One of them said no for like 50 years. 
and ended selling prisoners of war to get uh, weapons. Her name was Anzinga, Anzinga from the Congo, Congo-Angola area. I'm not among the people who would just sit here and say, yes, indeed, the European came and kidnapped everybody and took them to America for 400 years. And what about us sitting there just seeing these white people come and take our people? I cannot agree with that. That means we are just like uh, des imbeciles in French. Zombies? No, imbecile means... Uh, oh, imbeciles. Okay, something like asshole, you know. Yeah. How can you just sit there and see these white people come? No, it doesn't happen like that. The elite became part of the business. Just like until today. In the vast majority of the countries in Africa, the people who are in power, they are wealthy, they have big mansions in Europe, in America. They, when they get sick, they go to hospitals in Europe or America or whatever. And uh, they do the, 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 the nasty job for those European companies. But if you say no, you die. When we start with the, our, most of our country became independent in 1960, 61. And the first one to fall, to be really a victim of imperialism, he was the Prime Minister of Congo, which was a Belgium, uh, a colony of Belgium, Patrice Lumumba. He said no to imperialism and he said no, this cannot go, uh, keep on going. And he ended up being assassinated, killed. So, in other yeah. words, if you don't play mm. the game with the... If you don't play the game, they kill you. They're going to kill you. And it has happened until now. The last one to fall victim to, 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 to imperialism is the president of Guinea. Of course, uh, you know, he played with the constitution to be re-elected the third term for a third term. Well, I thought, uh, but at the same time, uh, we know that he said no to some companies uh, because Guinea has so much riches like diamonds and all kinds of minerals. And they just uh, decided to put, it, put him aside. And there are so many African leaders who were killed since the, the independence, you cannot just believe it. 100, more than 100 coup d'etat occurred in Africa since uh, the so-called in, uh, uh, independence. Well, even under President Obama, uh, they killed several African leaders. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, uh, uh, that's one thing I, uh, I really resent uh, about Obama, is how he allowed them to kill Gaddafi. Of course, Gaddafi was not the same. Gaddafi fought and, uh, you know, he was involved in some, uh, in, in that struggle. Some people got killed, like taking down a plane and all of that. He acknowledged it later and paid reparations for that, although it was just, uh, you know, financial reparation. But also he, uh, Libya is so full of petroleum and he was, they were able to, 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 to build that wealth that went into the people, but also he was trying to build a strong African unity, like uh, to turn Africa into one country, one currency, one army. And he was ready to pay for us to have the same currency. Like now, the, the money we use is not our money, it is uh, French money. It is uh, manufactured in France. But Nicolas Sarkozy, the president of France, you know, were able to convince uh, other nations like the British, like the United States, to just have them killed. So that's the way Africa is 
is now and it's been going for hundreds of years. And when I go back into the time of slavery, uh, slavery in the 18th century, and with the birth of the abolitionist movement, one French ab abolitionist, his name was uh, Marquis de Condorcet. So when they told him, why keep you fighting for these Africans, you know, they sell their own people into slavery. He said, no, it is not that easy. It is not like that. It was our own companies, European companies, who go to Africa and play these leaders against each other using their monies, using their weapons and all of that. So we have to think about, about that too. So Another one was uh, uh, the head abolitionist, French abolitionist, was Victor Schorcher. They told Victor, why do you keep fighting for these people? They sell their own people into, into slavery. That's called with the collaboration of the elite. You see, in terms of collaboration, remember, when Hitler invaded France, so many people collaborated with Hitler. So, uh, I mean, that's a later uh, argument. He just said that uh, if the slave trade was happening here in France, you will see French people being collaborators of that slave trade of, uh, you know, taking French people into, into slavery. And we had the clue with the World War II when uh, Hitler invaded, invaded France. They had what they call the collaborator, French collaborator, collaborators who uh, collaborated with Hitler and uh, helped, uh, you know, the deportation of the Jewish people. So it is a very complicated uh, matter. It's a matter of imperialism. And the system is so powerful, especially in uh, turning the elites, you know, having the control on, on the elites. Just like in Latin America for a long time, in Africa it's been going on for a long time, and it's not easy. Okay, so we were talking about World War One and World War Two. you know, that the Africans also fought in those wars mm -hmm. against their own selves, against their own people. And they fought, they fought against other... Uh, no, they were taken to Europe, like uh, in, uh, during World War I, West Africa alone, French West Africa alone, contributed one, at least 120,000 soldiers. How, how many returned back home? Oh, many were killed. You have, you know, whole cemeteries in Europe with black people in there. In Europe? Mm-hmm. Like in France, they have many cemeteries for those people. And uh, black people fought also for the liberation of France during World War II. Uh, when France fell with the invasion of the German army, one officer fled to London, General Charles de Gaulle, and he understood he has to go down to Africa to build an army. So he did and build an army. That army went across the desert of Sahara and fought with the British against uh, the Africa Corps that the German army in uh, North Africa, they invaded North Africa to, to have control on uh, the petroleum in North Africa like Libya, Algeria. They won uh, the Germans and then uh, later they were part of uh, D-Day, you know, being flown into, so, transported so, into Europe. So a lot of Africans was there mm -hmm. on D-Day. 
They were there in D-Day and later they also participated, participated in another D-Day which happened in the south, what they called uh, Provence, in cities like Marseille, Toulon. So they were winning the war and when they were approaching Paris to liberate Paris, the officers came out of the army and put white people. <laughs> they whitened the army. It was almost done. They said the black people thank you so much, you can just wait uh, here, you're going to do the rest of the job. So that the French people see that the, the liberator were French people themselves. It was not. The same, the same no. trickery, oh, yeah. deception. Mm -hmm. it, don't, it don't end. Mm -hmm. So, and it, there's a, a famous film about uh, the assassination of uh, black soldiers. They were the so-called Senegalese gunmen. Uh, after when 1944, World War II was going to a conclusion, and these people were held prisoners in Germany. After they were liberated, taken to France, and then they were shipped to Senegal, Dakar in one of the suburbs called Charoy. Some from Senegal, some from Burkina, what we call Burkina Faso, Mali, from all over the place. And they just wanted to get paid their monies, you know. They owed them money. They did not pay them the money. They had some European currency when they came into, when they were shipped to Africa. And the French wanted to take that money, like uh, taking that money for a very low exchange rate. They said no. They went into a riot, and what the French army did, the officers did, is just to kill them with heavy weaponry. And it became a film called Camp de Charoy, the Charoy Camp. Charoy Camp? Yeah. You can find the, the movie uh, online, Camp de Charoy, with English subtitles. Like you here in the United States, you paid your dues for a long time. You paid our dues too. I cannot call it dues, but we paid so much for imperialism. So, the same thing was going on in this country mm -hmm. was also being duplicated. Duplicated, it is, a, you have so many parallels. Like what I told you, when you were facing the old the slave trade over there, the destruction of life, permanent warfare that was promoted by the European companies, you were suffering slavery here. And then they said, 1865, 13th Amendment, slavery is over. But they reinvented it under another name, Jim Crow. Jim Crow. Shame it lasted a hundred years. At the same time, you know, when uh, the French, the British, when they, they conquered West Africa, you know, in, uh, the French started the, Congo, the, the conquest of West Africa in uh, 1855. They started with Senegal. And they said slavery is over. In 1848, they say abolition law, no more slavery in Africa, in this country. Then they drafted the former enslaved people into their own army. And they reinvented slavery under another name. They didn't call it slavery, they called it forced labor. Travai force. What is the difference between forced labor and uh, slavery? And they had also their own Jim Crow laws. Le régime de l'indigène. That means... Black codes for black people in Africa, they had black codes. Hmm? One example, they had like counties, Senegal was divided in counties. They called Senegal it, had counties? They didn't call it counties, but they called them circle, or circle. Circle? Like this is the circle of Matam, 
my hometown, this is the circle of Bakel, the circle of this, the circle of that. They divided the country into different uh, regions. Well, that's what we call counties here or parishes. And every parish or every county, every circle has a commander. Ironically, they were called Les Dieux de la Brousse, the gods of the wilderness. You are a commander, you have your own local army. So you was in the military rule. Yeah, uh, it, is, it is quite military rule. Also, they had civilians who were appointed as commander, but it was mostly military rule. Like when you walk outside, you walk in the street, and the commander is coming, you fail to take your hat off or to salute him or whatever. They put you in jail for a long time. They put a fine on you, and they put you in jail too. Just like filling the jail like they used to do here, and they still do for cheap labor. Mass incarceration. So see? Senegal had mass incarceration. Absolutely. And they still have it. No. But they were that, doing that, it at the that, time of forced labor. Yeah, labor. yeah, yeah that, that's what oh, they were doing. They were doing so, our, our own Jim Crow. It lasted so, 100 so, years. So y'all had Jim Crow mm -hmm. Jim on Crow the continent of Africa. Jim Crow was everywhere, you know. And they are also, uh, not only they put people in jail so easily, to have free labor, but also they had a role or black code that divided people into sections. Like people born along the coast, like Dakar, Saint Louis, Gory Island, Rufisk, they were recognized as French citizens. And many of them were used in the French administration, divide and conquer, just like on a plantation. So the vast majority of people were considered as subjects of France. And every year they drafted young people one section of those drafted people were taken into the French colonial army. What, what was the age group of, of draft? Hmm? What, what age group? Like uh, when you reach uh, mm -hmm. age like 18, 19, they, they draft you into... At the beginning, it is just one big group, but not everybody ended into the military. One section, the first portion they call it, la première portion, goes into the army, and those persons were taken into war camps, just like we, they used to do here in Mississippi all over. These people go into the army, they have weapons, they have their uniforms, and the other side, the other section, they were just given like shovels and pigs and whatever and taken into work, into work camps, building roads, cutting down, clearing the, the wilderness. So it was, it was just slavery? It was slavery, building railroads. So they was doing this in Af all over Africa? All over Africa. <clears throat> all over Africa. I'm talking about from the 1800s. To, to the early, to the mid-1900s? To 1960, well into the 20th century. And there are also those people who work into like great uh, big plantations, picking uh, uh, something like, uh, what, what do you use to make uh, like uh, tires? R rubber. Rubber. And, mm -hmm. All kind of plantations. So Africa had plantations? Oh yeah, just like we have people here picking cotton in Mississippi, you know, cutting cane in Louisiana or whatever. The same. It is the same system, you know, everywhere. I mean, that, now that's something, it's, just, it's yeah. all that's new to me. And like, that's the key word to understand what happened to us. And forget about saying black people did this to black people. It is a system, so well organized. And of course, black people, a very tiny minority, you know, were put into that system. That's, that's the way it works, you know. You find collaborators too, collaborators. Of, but you cannot, blind, you cannot blame 
black people for what the system had itself organized so well. And it is still going on. Okay, now you some I mean, I'm just shocked to hear. In World War One and World War Two, the Africans fought to defend other nations, France, France mostly France, put, the, whoever, whatever, British, whatever, yeah. whatever part you rule. But also after the World War One and World War Two, there was a big conference took place in Berlin. We all heard about the Berlin Conference. That was in the. Now, tell everybody that what was the before. Berlin. That was the before uh, the Berlin Conference is started. Uh, in uh, late 1884 and ended in February 1885. That was the time when the European powers set rules, sit down to say, look, Africa is a big piece of cake and there is a room for everybody. <laughs> Instead of fighting each other, let's set up rules how to, you know, cut the cake. How, how to cut the cake. You slice it, everybody yeah. get a piece. Say so they decided that if you occupy the, the, the coast, like the coast of Senegal, the original Senegal, you have the right to occupy the interland. Like when you also occupy your, 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 your uh, you decide to go inland and occupy the, the interland, wherever we meet, we put a, a border over there. No matter if we divide ethnic groups or families, and that's how some families ended up you know, on two sides of the border. So before that, Africa was not, there was no 58 countries in Africa before that. No, no. Also, we had many kingdoms and all of that. You had many uh, kingdoms. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes you cannot even say where, you know, where it started, but not where, where it ends. It is not, it is. Uh, so they, 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 they came there the, at the Berlin Conference when they, mm -hmm. they divided Africa, mm -hmm. changed the name of the different countries. Yeah, they put their own names on, on there. So Africa got got German name, Russian Ooh, name, France name, would, Spanish it, name. It would just be the, the name of a conqueror, like Cecil Rhodes. Now let's let's go. Let's talk about Cecil Rhodes. Matter of fact, I remember one time people, uh, we as a people, African people, uh, say that, and people living in this country of African descent, we wanted to be Rhodes scholars. We didn't have a clue what Rhodes scholar who was who was the name after the the conqueror. Mm -hmm. It was named after him? Caesar Rose. Okay, but uh, now, <laughs> but this is one of the men who did so much harm to Africa and even had two African countries named after him, Northern Rhodesia and Southern Rhodesia, which became, I think, Zimbabwe. Southern Rhodesia became Zimbabwe. <coughs> and he controlled all the yeah. diamonds. And Northern Rhodesia became, I think, uh, Zambia. Yeah. yeah, had the control, started with uh, South Africa from the cup all the way to Egypt. Over, he, wanted, he controlled all the diamonds, the, 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 the beer uh, mine. Right? No, but he did not do all the Congress, but that was uh, he, the one who built the theory. The theory. He built what? That, that, that uh, imperialistic uh, program that the British should control all that eastern part of Africa, from South Africa all the way to Egypt. So Caesar Rose, who we been taught was a great, I mean, but the De Beer mine, I remember the, the, the diamond mines is what he's zoned for, his family, Cecil Rose. But we thought it meant Rose Scholar meant <laughs> he was traveling to Europe, mm. you know, go to Oxford, Yale, these different universities, not realizing name after a European who went to Africa and conquered it. So it's, it's just like, because of, it's just, 
lack of understanding, lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't taught who was who. Like we had no clue what was going on in Africa. They only showed us Africa, the people in Africa. When they showed the Africans, they had them running around with bones in their knee, in their nose, and you know the, the the sad thing about it. We always we all been taught the beauty of a country, the beauty of its of a community is its people. Mm -hmm. But the Europeans go to Africa and they show us the 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 animals. They show us on TV the monkeys. They mm. show us all the beauty of. Uh, of Kenya, different right. animals, the lions, running through, uh, traveling through Africa, the, the what you call it, the gazelles and all mm -hmm. this thing. They never really spotlight the beauty of Africa, which is its people. You see, I mentioned uh, Moorish Spain earlier as the source of the en enlightenment of Europe. But if you see, if you read what was written by these, uh, they were also involved in the trade of Africa and also so beautiful writing about what they found in Africa, starting maybe from uh, the 8th century all the way into the 19th century. But most of them like who wrote about the empire of Mali, and they described how well the empire was organized, how beautiful were the people, the kind of clothes they had, and above all of that, <coughs> how one of the emperors, Masa Musa, Masa Musa the richest made man. the pilgrimage to Mecca. He took so much gold over there. And at, at least in Cairo, for 12 years after he left, the price of gold was down. They tell him, they call him the richest man ever. The uh, I mean, in, in, in the in world. The world. That, that, that's what they, he, 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 One man well, disrupted the whole economy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with too much gold. Yeah, and people went, went what, to... What was it? Say his name again. Mansa Musa. Masa means emperor. His name was Musa. Musa is a Muslim name. That's for Moses. We know that uh, thanks to uh, a testimony he did in Cairo, he was interviewed. And most of the testimonies, whatever he said in Cairo, was gathered into a book by Al-Umari. Al-Umari was an Arab kind of a geographer, journalist, Al-Umari. So he said, Masa Musa told them that uh, the king before him, was Abu Bakr the second, Bakari the second, Abu, uh, Masa Abu Bakr. He said he decided since the Monday people had control of the trade all over West Africa and into North Africa, now it is time to see what is beyond the ocean. And he organized an, an expedition. He had expertise for that, he had the people who could build boats, and they left. But they say they, they never came back. Well, look, well, Doc, look, we're going we gonna to do a, another segment. <laughs> well, so we thank you, Doc, we gonna, uh, for being here mm -hmm. once again. We enjoyed our yeah. section and segment of uh, Count Time. You were, so, you were full of so much wisdom and knowledge and history of our people, our culture. And we want to continue to learn and continue to grow with all this history. So we want to invite you back again. We thank you for being here today. Thank you. Now we remember this here. Man can shackle the hand, man can shackle the feet, but only you can shackle the mind. The mind is always free to travel wherever you dare to take it. And I'd like to thank you for tuning in once again to Count Time Podcast. I'm Brother L. Diazobra. Thank you once again. Remember, it's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. Time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted.